Welcome to Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of those who know Danny DeVito is a visionary. I'm Hannah Leach. And I'm Audrey Leach. We are the sister filmmaking duo, also known as Two Pink Productions, and we haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them. We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film. In an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are? Today, we are talking about 1998's Matilda. One little girl with big powers <laughs> is gonna fuck up her principal. Once upon a time, there was a girl named Matilda. Hi, Dad. Get in the car, Melinda. Matilda. Whatever. Who was extraordinary in every way. Pretty soon you'll be able to do any multiplication, whether it's two times seven. Four or 13 times 379. 4,927. Wow. She can multiply large sums in her head. So can a calculator. But in a world where grown-ups make all the rules. I'm smart. You're dumb. I'm big and you're small. I'm right. And you're wrong. In a school where the principal... In this school, I am God. ...has no principles. Hi, everyone. Woo, it's the season finale of season five. So crazy, Audrey. It's the climb. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah. (laughs) Best season ever. Also, admittedly, it's 1030 a.m. right now. (laughs) The girls are not doing well. Like... (laughs) We were texting like, I look like hell. (laughs) The energy is low, but we're bringing it to you because (laughs) it's our job. And we owe you guys that much to show up to work and to do our very best. We got to do our hot take of the week. At first I was like, I want to do like a drag race hot take of the week drag race related somehow. And then I just landed on a controversial topic Trixie versus Katya. And we understand that a lot of you might not know this reference, but a good enough chunk of you will that we're going there. And if you don't, um, there's like 8 billion hours of YouTube content of them. Just give give it a little search and you'll understand what we're talking about quite quickly. Well, before we decided to do this, Audrey was like, there's no question. And I agree, but I feel like The fact that we said it's no question might be controversial (laughs) as well. Like, it's Katya. It's Katya. It's Katya. 100%. (laughs) Which I do find kind of interesting because Trixie tries so much harder. I I think for me, I... It's like, I just know that if I... Like, I don't think I could be friends with Trixie because... The personality. (laughs) You think so? I feel like she's so different out of drag, though. She's like a very regular person. Yeah, I know. I have consumed so much of their content over the years that I feel like I do have a well-rounded... I've seen the documentary. Like, I've seen it all. And I feel like I've... I have a good grasp on, like... Also, both their names are Brian. It's so funny. You can't even call. You can't even say Brian. But I have like a good grasp on Trixie's personality in drag and out of drag. Yeah. And then again, we have to shout out Trixie is a genius for hiring Joey to design things. Yeah. And that's the truth. But like the whole attitude of like, like sometimes she's really mean to yeah. Katya. Like, yeah. she's mean to her. And I feel like Katya does try to, like, roll, you know, it all rolls off. But also, there's, like, this hint of realness to it, and I don't like it. Yeah. I, like, stopped consuming a lot of the content because the way that people, like, edit them, like, all the edits on YouTube, I hate those edits that are, like, Trixie and Katya being bitches for five minutes straight. Anything that's ever, like, five minutes straight, I'm like, no, get it away. (laughs) Yeah, um, I think they have really rabid fans, and uh, I definitely, I remember when, like, their YouTube show started, and I was really into it, that was probably like 2016, yeah. something like that. Yeah. 
Um, and now I'm like really tired. Yeah, same. <laughs> but I do. I think they are too. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but the checks keep clearing. So it's like, why would you stop? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that they're both geniuses in their own right. I think that Katya's personality, she can rely on her personality a lot. Anyway, so to us, it's a Katya win. I guess I just feel like it's got to be weird between the two of them to a certain extent. And this is like all speculation. It's like very Selena and Demi speculation. But like, because Katya doesn't have to like grind the way that Trixie has to grind. But at the same time, I don't think Katya's goals are the same. Like she doesn't want to have like this empire of like businesses and TV shows and shit. Like she's seen... She's seen the world from both sides now <laughs> with the addiction yeah. and like how close she's come in so many ways. Like I just think that their lives are different and that's fine. But I really like Katya and I always have. So um, sorry to the Trixie stands. We're not saying we don't like Trixie because we do, but it's just different. Yeah. But we like her. It's not like we're not trying to shit on her. I think it's just a matter of overexposure also for us. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you ready to get into this movie now that we've destroyed the good name yes. of Trixie Mattel on this podcast? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Matilda was released on July 28th, 1996 and was rated PG for, and I think it's fun to add um, why things are rated the way they are because it's worded really funny a lot of the time. It was rated PG for elements of exaggerated meanness and ridicule and for some mild language. So I just thought that was funny. Very notably, this movie was directed by none other than Danny DeVito himself. And there's three writers attributed to this movie. So, of course, we have Roald Dahl, who wrote the original book. He is best known for also having written Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and James and the Giant Peach, as well as the BFG and, I hate to say it, the screenplay for Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I hate Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Anyway. <laughs> As we know. Next up, we have Nicholas Kazan and Robin Swicord, Swicord, whatever, who wrote the screenplay together. And Nicholas's credits were like a little bit like, I didn't recognize a single one of them. But for Robin, she wrote on The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Memoirs of a Geisha, both versions of Little Women, 1994 and 2019, and is married to Nicholas. So interesting piece of information there. Synopsis time. The IMDb synopsis. A girl gifted with a keen intellect and psychic powers uses both to deal with her crude, distant family and free her kind teacher from their sadistic headmistress. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Rotten Tomatoes. This film adaptation of a rolled doll work tells the story of Matilda Wormwood, a gifted girl forced to put up with a crude, distant father and mother. Worse, Agatha Trunchbull, the evil principal at Matilda's school, is a terrifyingly strict bully. However, when Matilda realizes she has the power of telekinesis, she begins to defend her friends from Trunchbull's wrath and fight back against her unkind parents. Letterboxed, an extraordinarily... Oh, wow. An extraordinarily intelligent young girl from a cruel and uncaring family discovers she possesses telekinetic powers and is sent off to a school headed by a tyrannical principal. Audrey's like, this is a reading comprehension test. <laughs> um, Which I always excelled at, for the record. Yes, yes. I do have to say that it kind of speaks to the strength of the story that all of the synopses are so accurate. It's like a very clear story. It's a very clear point of view. It's not like GBF or like any of these other movies we've covered recently where there's like five billion different ways to like spin it. Yeah, that's true. And now, Audrey, you know what you know what to do. Three taglines. <laughs> First one is a little magic goes a long way. <laughs> That's okay. That one's all right, I guess. Yeah. The second one is kids rule, which is bad. Agreed. And the third one is somewhere inside all of us is the power to change the world. <laughs> Next up with this cast, of course, we have Danny DeVito as Mr. Wormwood. To me, 
he will always be best known for this role and for having been Phil in Hercules, the uh, the goat guy. But he, of course, is also in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Apparently, he had a cameo in the music video for One Direction, Steal My Girl, which I thought was funny. Um, he was the voice of The Lorax from the 2012 version of The Lorax. And he was in the show Taxi, all 114 episodes from 1978 to 19. 19- 83. Next, we have Rhea Perlman as Mrs. Wormwood, who very cutely is married to Danny DeVito. I just like love that conceptually. She was on Cheers. She was apparently or is apparently Grandma Ruth in the 13 musical movie that's coming out relatively soon. She's in the upcoming Barbie movie. And she was also on the show Taxi for a few episodes and probably met Danny DeVito there, which is cute to me. Next, we have Mara Wilson as Matilda, who has done some voice work over the last few years, but mostly is just active on Twitter, is how I would describe her. Um, She did go to NYU, of course, so there's that. But upon digging into this movie, I discovered that her mom actually died during the filming of this movie, and she just, like, kept trucking as, like, a young child, which is really impressive. And I guess that she thought that her mom had, like, never seen the movie, but many years later, Danny DeVito revealed that he had shown her a rough cut of what they had filmed before she died. It adds such an emo energy to the entire thing that her mom died in the filming of this. It's like all of the stand-in mother vibes of Miss Honey and everything, which like, we're going to get to this Miss Honey discourse. It makes me want to smack my head into a wall. But speaking of Miss Honey, we have M. Beth Davids as Miss Honey. Um, She was on the morning show, like that recent show, and is also known for this role is like her most iconic role probably, but she was also in Bicentennial Man and Army of Darkness. And then we have the unforgettable, iconic performance by Pam Ferris as Trunchbull. What a champion, I have to say. Like this movie, all of the adults are so good in this movie, but especially the Wormwoods and her, like they couldn't be better. They're so good. But Mm -hmm. so to me, I was like, she looks familiar. Why does she look familiar? And it's because this is like so sad, but she's also Aunt Marge in Harry Potter, who for those who don't remember, it's like the lady who gets blown up into a balloon at the beginning of the third movie. This woman has probably seen some dark, some dark shit in her life with the roles that she gets. And she also is um, in Children of Men and Call the Midwife. And she has like a really, really long, illustrious career and just seems to be English as fuck. Like everything she's in just just emanates English energy very heavily. And then, of course, we have Kiami Daviel as Lavender. She was in the movie Bruno. She was on the Steve Harvey show, Grown Ups in the House in Moesha. So, Audrey? All right. So budget, $36 million. Opening weekend, $8,208,609. And the worldwide gross, wait, really? Yeah. Is $33,459,416. Doesn't that seem impossible? Uh, oh, that does not make sense. I know. At all. Did you look up like... Maybe like home video. Does that include like home video? Probably not. Probably not. So that I feel is where like they there's no way they didn't recoup on this movie. Like because it's long term um, relevance and popularity. Like I'm sure they did recoup, but maybe theatrically they didn't. I could see that. It's so it's such a weird movie. And like, as we'll get into the reviews, a lot of people were like, this is too dark for my child. Um, So that may have been part of it, too. Okay, so the critic score was 91%. That's really good. Mm -hmm. That's insanely good. The critic consensus is Danny DeVito directed version of Matilda is odd, charming. And while the movie diverges from Roald Dahl, it nonetheless captures the book's spirit. Mm -hmm. Roger Ebert gave it three stars. And he said, Matilda doesn't condescend to children. It doesn't sentimentalize. And as a result, it feels heartfelt and sincere. It's funny too. 
And then the only Rotten Tomatoes review that could be found is the adult performers fare considerably better than the young lead in this faithful adaptation of the role doll classic. (laughs) To me, that's such like a hating thing to say. It's like, of course, like, what do you mean? They're not children. Yeah. Um, Also, interestingly, I saw that they originally wanted to cast Mary-Kate and Ashley in that role. And I thought that was kind of wild. Like, it may have fared better commercially that way, but um, the acting would not have been better. That shit would not. Yeah, that would not work. (laughs) Also, I thought it was weird that the Roger Ebert review was only three stars because he didn't say a single negative thing about the movie in the whole thing. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so getting into these audience opinions. We had an audience score of 73% on Rotten Tomatoes and 3.7 stars on Letterboxd. Interesting that the critic score is so much higher, but that does happen. I think that happened on GBF too. Maybe because at the time people were like, I can't rate GBF low or I'll be homophobic. (laughs) Okay, so here are some Rotten Tomatoes reviews. First of all, we have a five-star review. This is the best movie ever made. Next, we have a one-star review. They actually torture kids in this movie. Not like in a joking way. They actually physically torture children. They put them in a tiny room at their public school, which is filled with toxic gases. The walls are covered in long metal spikes, and there's not enough room to sit or lay down. Children are put in this room regularly, even for simple things like coughing or sneezing. They also force feed kids and make the entire school watch in terror. This isn't a children's movie. It's some kind of horror movie involving kids. Not sure why anyone would want their kids to watch this. Just because there's a happy ending doesn't make anything else okay. Because it's not. It's just not for you, I feel it's like. It's not for If you, you can't pick up on style, then that's that's your problem. Yeah, that's on you. <laughs> that's not Danny DeVito's fault. <laughs> um, no. Okay, next we have 2.5 stars. Matilda is an orphan girl. She loves reading, but her family doesn't like reading. She likes to go to school, but she couldn't. It's good, but not that good. But she did. <laughs> Literacy at its finest. And then letterbox section. You already know that the lesbian allegations will be strong, which you know how we feel about it. But I also get it in the context of this movie. But like have an original take like I'm well, of you. also though, like the lesbian allegations in this one It's not them trying to force two people into a couple that aren't a couple. Yeah. So, like, I can respect it a little more. Right, 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 right. Same. Okay, so just a couple little letterboxed moments I grabbed here. The first one is five stars. The cat getting kicked is a metaphor for how my pussy feels when Miss Honey is on screen. That's the only Miss Honey one I'm going to include. Ew. Well, the rest were just like, Miss Honey did so much for the sapphics in this world. Or like, Miss Honey, call me. Literally all of them. I'm like, why are you even writing this down? Like, I don't get it. I hate being bored. That's my main thing in life. I hate being bored. And that bores me. Controversial yet brave. Thank you so much. I'm out here stirring the pot for everyone's entertainment. Um, Okay. Oh, yeah. The other thing that everyone was saying was like Danny DeVito for best director, which I agree. But again, I'm like, what? I just I just I think that's valid. It is valid. But like, do we need like 40 people writing the exact same thing? They don't know that they're not being original. I guess you're probably (laughs) right. But anyway, I'll get off my soapbox about that. But the last one that I included from Letterboxd is four stars. When I saw this in fourth grade, I went to school the next day and tried so intently to make a glue stick move by staring really hard at it that my teacher had to ask very soothingly if I was quite all right. Okay, and then last but not least, tweets from recent-ish times. There's unfortunately a Harry Styles song called Matilda. So that was um, mucking up a lot of it. But then I thought of Audrey being like last week, like, did you put movie in your search terms? Like, and so I did put movie in my search terms, which led me to a lot of porn because apparently there's a porn star named Matilda as well. So I was seeing a lot of HD images of porn. If you just put 
<laughs> you just put Mara Wilson or some other I'm going to look it up and they're going to be like, Miss Honey slays my pussy. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't want to see it. <laughs> like, Miss Honey was the original cottagecore lesbian. I'm like, I'm going to come to your house and yell at you for not being original. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see a TikTok about it. I don't. It's not untrue, but I don't need to hear it five billion times. What? Oh, okay. But despite it all, I did find two things that I liked. There was one tweet from user Ranastrans who said, Matilda may be the best movie to support the arguments of some of you guys who believe children are oppressed groups. Um, <laughs> then the second one, at JR Puffin Stuff, LOL. For me, the movie Matilda did to chocolate cake what Dare thought it was doing for drugs. <laughs> Which I can see. Okay, so cultural context there wasn't a ton to say, but I did want to bring up the musical. <laughs> um, it's like this very, very, very English musical adaptation that is not like this movie at all. It's like way more true to the book. And I actually saw it on Broadway and I did not like it. Same. Except for that one song at the beginning. Yeah, naughty. goes so naughty. hard. Well, we can put in a clip Just of it. Just because yeah. you're little, you can do a lot. You <laughs> mustn't let a little thing like little stop you. <laughs> it's so good. And let them get on, on top, top you. you won't change a thing. <laughs> do, 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 do. Are they kind of annoying? Yeah, but you can get into it if you want to. Yeah. I mean, but here's the thing with the musical is it's actually more accurate to both the book and to the origins of the story in general. Yeah. Like they're British. It actually follows the book plot. Yeah. And so when I saw the Matilda musical, I was a little confused because I was like, what is going on in here? I didn't like it as much as I thought I would as a story. I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. Yeah. But shout out to them for making an accurate English version of the thing. Also with the musical, there was some interesting transphobia drama with it because they cast a man in Trunchbull's role, which is just like, I mean, I don't have to explain it, but a lot of people were like, that's fucked up. And then a lot of people were like, but is it? I don't know how they're casting it now. I'm guessing they're still casting men because of the way the songs are arranged and everything. Okay, so when did we first watch this and what do we remember about it? I don't remember, but I remember it being like a library movie. Mm -hmm. Like you get it from the library yeah. for sure because yeah. we didn't own it. And it was just like a classic I remember watching it at Aaron and Julia's house. I think that may have been the first place we saw it. That opening song is like, Omwe, Omwe, I feel like to. Like that song really lived in my brain for a long time. Of course I remembered Miss Honey, but I wasn't thirsting for her like some of you bitches. I just appreciated her as a human. The Wormwoods are extremely memorable. Like, you're not going to forget either of them after watching this. It's, like, so distinctive. And then, of course, the part mm -hmm. right before Matilda, like, uses her powers for the first time when they're like, time to get sticky with Mickey. And it's like they get all the money on themselves in the TV show. That. And also... I remember this movie like stigmatized the idea of TV dinner to me for so long. Yeah, it was like if you w eat dinner and watch TV at the same time, you actually are the worst person like you on are, the planet. Yeah, like you are the scum of this godforsaken earth if you do that. Yeah. And I'm a TV dinner girl now, so like I don't know what to say. Audrey's like, I guess you're the scum of the earth. <laughs> Audrey was like kidding. side smile, shrug, like <laughs> guess you're the scum of the earth. Um, you're not wrong. Anyways, so this I feel like I mean, most people our age are probably not necessarily TV dinner people, but they are watch something, consume something and eat at the same time. Like nobody our age is just sitting and eating in silence. No, but they should <laughs> be. Nothing. Yeah, they should be, they but should be. they're not. 
And that's the problem with today's society. Okay, so this movie is available on Amazon Prime, but where did you watch it? It's on everything, but you have to rent it. Yeah. It's just like not on anything for subscription. Yeah, I rented it on Amazon Prime. Okay, everyone, go take a seat, get comfortable, watch Matilda, and then meet us back here to go over our takes, our thoughts, our opinions. Our we will be here. Musings. Deeply our musings. <laughs> We are gathered here today to give you permission to plan the wedding that you want. I'm Jessica Bishop. And I'm Sari Wienerman. And we're the hosts of the Bouquet Toss podcast. Today's couples have to juggle so many things from family expectations to outdated traditions and what's currently trending. So to make it easier, we're going deep to figure out why we do weddings the way that we do. So you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. You are cordially invited to subscribe to the Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way. Okay, everyone, we are back. Um, we are just going to go through and talk about a few things that jumped out to us about this movie upon our rewatch. Um, thoughts? For me, number one thing that's lovely about this movie is style. Style and vision over everything. Because like, imagine, imagine like this movie through a GBF lens. Like, and I mean like a, like a visual lens. Like if it was that plain, if it was that unthought through, it would be awful. But Roald Dahl's books, all of his books have a dark side. Clearly this man has gone through some shit. And I think something I was thinking about in regards to this movie is like, if you don't, if you haven't had a childhood that has had much trauma, it, you might feel like this movie is a lot. You might feel like it's too much for your pure children or whatever. Um, but if you have had, and most children do have dark sides to their childhood, like most children don't live in this perfect world. So I think showing them something that has this like, edge, this like edge to it and like this dark side. But if you look at the outcomes of all the dark things, it always ends up okay. And I think that's important. Like when she throws the girl with the braids over the fence, she doesn't die. Like she like collects flowers and she's okay. So I think that there's a lot of dark stuff in the movie, but nothing turns out dark. Yeah. I also, well, first of all, I just want to point out or tell everyone that that effect of her throwing the girl around by the braids, Audrey already knew this when I told her, but I'm guessing you guys don't know, which is that that was like a little girl on a rig, not even a rig. It was like a wire and the actor, the actress of Trunchbull was actually swinging her around by these like sewn on braids. Um, and I just loved knowing that. Like you can tell when you watch it that it's most likely real, but they don't do it these days like they were doing it back then. And I just really appreciated that about it. Mm -hmm. But speaking to like the darkness thing you were saying, when I was putting the notes together for this, people were saying the exact same thing. They were like, Whatever happened to him, whatever trauma he incurred as a child, like clearly he never got over, but he did like process it into some really cool art. So at least there's that. Yeah. And and like that's helpful. That's helpful to yeah. a generation of children. Like I think if it's not your yeah. thing, that's fine. But for the people who it does hit, like the people who do mm -hmm. like it will really like it. So I think that yeah. it's a good thing. Like, 
people are scared to make content for children that has dark things. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's kind of controversial, but I think mostly they can handle it. You know, obviously you don't want to do like trauma porn type things in children's content, but like they can handle some spooky and some creepy. Yeah. I don't know. Also like some scary. Like, yeah. Children experience fear. Yeah. It's not like they don't experience fear, so. It's just the response to it that's different. Like, you know, there's adults who like, there's adults who like watching horror and there's adults who don't like watching horror. It's the same way with kids. Like the way that they respond to it will be different. And there are kids who would want that. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Also, when I was putting the notes together, a lot of people were saying that this was like Carrie for children. Yeah. But I've never seen Carrie, so I don't I mean, know. it's not literally like Carrie. <laughs> like, it doesn't follow a similar plot, but like... Right. I don't really know. <laughs> Maybe just because it's shocking. I, I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page about it being confusing. I think every kid can relate to staring at a cereal box and wanting it to move. Like, everybody thought about that. Totally. Well, because it's also the kind of... It's the kind of powers where you can be like, if I just try hard enough, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I totally did that. I would just, like, stare at things and be like, maybe, maybe it'll work. Like, this is the day it's going to work. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to say anything else? Just the line. I have one line. There's lots of great lines, but, like, there's one that I really, really thought was funny and that's when they're in the classroom and the little girl is spelling Mrs. D they're all spelling the word difficulty Mrs. D Mrs. I Mrs. FFI blah 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 and then Miss Trunchbull goes why are all these women married yeah I also liked in the same scene when I forget how it came up but she was like I like a joke just as much as the next fat person yeah, like what? <laughs> what? There was so much in that scene that was so funny. I was like, why is it just this scene that's getting all these really good trunch bowl lines? Like, yeah, I really loved just like the like the Dursley family of it all. Like, like fat dad, skinny mom, stupid brother. Like, is yeah. it a trope? Yes. But like, it's a great trope when it comes to like an evil family. Like, give me that shit. I loved that. I love it in movies when children conspire on the playground about things. That's one of my favorite things in movies. It reminds me of um, the scene in one of my favorite movies, A Diary of a Wimpy Kid, when they're talking about the cheese touch. It's just so cute. Like, it's just very enjoyable to me. Child conspiracy against uh, oppressive people or curses. Okay, so we didn't really get into it, I don't think, maybe not directly, but what do you think about Bruce eating the cake? Like watching it as an adult. Oh my God. Okay. I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet. Um, I remember that scene. Okay. As an adult, it was less upsetting than I thought it would be because it is like child horror, that whole scene. And I think that scene... It's probably the most impactful thing of the whole movie, like for the average viewer, for non-thirsty lesbians. (laughs) You mean for (laughs) you mean for thirsty lesbians? It would be (laughs) not. No, it would be not notable for them. (laughs) No, it would be less notable for thirsty lesbians because you already know what the highlight was. I mean, that outfit she wears at the end was really good. Like that was like my aesthetic the overalls with the pink shirt and the it is very I'm dressed up as a character from Arthur (laughs) what (laughs) I feel like that's an outfit you wear if you're a character on Arthur um I I guess so okay rapid fire question who's your favorite Arthur character um you're thinking about it too hard <laughs> go, 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 I don't know go. what's yours. Muffy Crosswire. <laughs> no, she's a little bitch. She is a little bitch. I honestly don't even really mean that that much. I just wanted to uh, walk the walk. It's probably actually DW, but the name Muffy Crosswire is just so good. My favorite's probably 
Buster. Buster? <laughs> yeah, he's Why? so cute. He's so cute. <laughs> he's pretty cute. I'll, I'll give you that. He always has pure intentions. <laughs> like, I feel like Arthur, sometimes he will... Arthur's a little let, shit. He will let his his demons win, and he will learn by the end of the episode. <laughs> and Buster and, but by, doesn't. By the end of the episode, he does learn. Oh, my God. Um, but... <laughs> Arthur's got <laughs> demons, is what you're saying. He does. Like, he's always struggling. He's always fighting for his life. And then Buster's just like, I'm going to go eat with my mom now. You chose books. I chose looks. She, She's an, kind of an unsung hero for that type. Like, she's very, it reminds me of Jennifer Coolidge as the stepmom in Cinderella's story. It's that nuanced. It's that genius of a performance. The aesthetic yes. is well thought out and stylized to perfection. So, yeah, I think <laughs> she's underrated. That she and Danny DeVito are actually married in real life makes it all the better. Um, okay, one thing we haven't talked about. How do you feel about young Mara Wilson saying, call me Ishmael? Um, How does that make you feel? I think I, like, didn't, I just didn't know what she was talking about. Also, like, why is Moby Dick the choice? Like, that's not what I would gravitate towards, personally. I don't know. I wonder how many girls out there, not girls, maybe one of the girls out there was like, I'm going to read Charles Dickens now because Matilda reads Charles Dickens. I mean, I'm positive that has happened. I, however, was too lazy. I was like, I'll, I would rather just stare at a cereal box and pretend <laughs> that it's moving. <laughs> for, a second, for a second, I thought you meant staring at the back of a cereal box <laughs> as your reading substitution. <laughs> well, that was too. Same. <laughs> like the, um, the little scavenger hunt mini game things yes. on the back of the Captain Crunch box. Oh my box. God, yes. Fruity Pebbles. Dude, I would do anything for a just a little bit of milk and a crunchy spoonful of Fruity Pebbles right about now. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to rip up the roof of my mouth. Never forget when Captain Crunch made me bleed. <laughs> You don't remember that? That was like my catchphrase. No, I remember it, but like give me more detail because I can't fully remember. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't, I could not tell you a Captain single thing Crunch about it. made me bleed. You should get a t-shirt that says that. It was, it was just like, if you start crunching on that shit too fast before it has a chance to, to sog in, to in sog. the milk, then you are asking to be assaulted. <laughs> like, it, if you just can't go in too fast. It just starts scraping up your mouth and it, oh my blood. That is really impressive. I was going yeah, for speed. Maybe when <laughs> that was the goal. Top speeds of the Kevin Crunch. Wow. What do you think like that Matilda is a dumbass for going back to the house. She literally directly disobeys Miss Honey. Well, no, 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 no. Because Miss Honey says, tell me you'll never go in that house again. And yeah, she says, I yes. know. Semantics. Semantics. Okay. <laughs> okay, but she didn't tell Matilda's a little smart ass. <laughs> Danny DeVito was right. Yeah. She is a little smart ass, but I don't think she did the wrong thing. Technically, she got away with it. I also thought... It was very convenient that Trunchbull was highly superstitious. Yeah. Like, this woman would not be superstitious. I mean, maybe uh, she would. Usually. Do you think that she's a lesbian? Why can't we speculate mm -hmm. about the sexuality of the Trunchbull? I don't know. Why are we only speculating about Miss Honey? It's because, because pretty privilege. Period. Yeah, basically. I, like, maybe the Trunchbull is the way she is because she was a powerful, talented, She's young repressed. lesbian. And no one yeah. would accept her for who she really was. Would I be annoyed too? 
Probably. Also, let's be fucking honest. You saw that portrait of Maximus. He looks like a dick. Like he was not <laughs> nice. This man was not nice. What if he was, was homophobic and he was bullying Agatha for her entire yeah. childhood? And then she's like, okay, lit. Now I get his house and I get to benefit from this asshole's <laughs> legacy. Well, also, and then they do insinuate that she murdered his ass. <laughs> well, maybe he deserved maybe he it. Did. We don't know. Hurt people hurt people. <laughs> As demonstrated <laughs> by her putting children in the choking. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Willy nilly children in the choking. Can chokey. Agatha not be rehabilitated? <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. Can the trunchbull not be rehabilitated? <laughs> like, all. No death penalty for Agatha Trunchbull. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine she gets rehabilitated and becomes, like, the local butch, like, like contractor. Shop, like, shot put instructor. <laughs> like, she's strong. She could do some serious community care with yeah. those muscles. <laughs> How would you rehabilitate Agatha Trunchbull? What would your first step be? <laughs> First step, um, like therapy, deep therapy, and Do you like think sports therapy is a thing. A massage and a facial, especially and facial, like getting her hair brushed or something. Brushed ASMR. <laughs> Agatha Trunchbull gets her hair brushed. <laughs> <laughs> we unpack the chokey. Yeah. Did she, she hand she make some, the chokey? That's another she, thing I want to know. She needs Was she some down TLC. there? <laughs> is that an, is, what the chokey or her? No, she needs some TLC. <laughs> You're really right. I thought for a second you were saying like the TLC <laughs> needs to come in and like revamp the chokey. <laughs> TLC would make a show about um. <laughs> like, I don't know, chokey build. <laughs> like, you remember um, the Move That Truck show? What show was that? Extreme Home Makeover? Yeah, but the like, Move That Truck edition. show. <laughs> Extreme Makeover, chokey edition. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Rehabilitating Trunchbull as a reality series. Yeah, like um, Mama June hot, uh, Ma Mama June not to hot or whatever. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean. It would just be like that. Again, backtracking to what is it? Extreme. Extreme, extreme home makeover. Extreme home makeover choke edition. Move that truck. <laughs> it's actually like, have you ever seen Scare Tactics? It's just like a show where they make people think they're in scary situations and then they're like, haha, you're not. <laughs> so, exactly what Matilda does to her. Yes. Got it. So there can also be an immersive Matilda-themed scare tactics. Oh, my God. Series. There's so much potential coming from this. You know what else I actually thought? I was like, who owns this? Who owns Matilda right now? Because um, somebody needs to snatch up those theme park rights. Somebody needs to make a dark ride stat. Because it li literally the movie is, it like is a ride. It, like, is a dark That's ride. That's true. There's a lot of stuff that happens in, like, physical space. Like, lots of going up and down. Yeah. There's levels to it. There's chases. There's these fun, like, practical effects that they could do really well. Like, the chalk the chalk and the erasers, like, attacking her yeah. and stuff. Like. Wow. You're so right. Here's I'm my question. An Imagineer. When are we going to be able to become Imagineers? I don't know, because here's the thing, like, between you, me, and Hunter, it's like, uh, Hunter and I are coming up with ride ideas all the time. A rolled doll theme park, James and the Giant Peach, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, that would be sick. It would be so creepy. It would, but it would be awesome. Or, 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 they you know, when do they it do for Halloween. Um, I was just about to say if it was like a Halloween Horror Nights situation and they make that the theme. Yeah. 
that that seems a little more appropriate. But I think well, if like, there was a world, it would like a a a land of it. Mm-hmm. It also would work. I don't think it would be like. I don't think people would not go. But yeah, it is spooky, and with kids, you have to play it safe. Like they would have to just do sections where it's not scary. That's true. Like tiered sections, basically. Yeah. Or like child-friendly scary, like kind of how we were talking about earlier. Like children experience fear. It's not that they can't handle fear. Um, um I gotta say, I was the child mm-hmm. that could not. <laughs> oh, I, I was actually, once you said, I gotta say, I knew what you were gonna say. And that is true. The blockbuster goofy decal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, talked about that. I don't think so. Basically, there was like a, I don't know, maybe six foot tall sticker of Goofy in the front entrance of our local blockbuster. And my little, (laughs) my little child self, I couldn't walk past it. This is a sticker. This is a, this is a. Flat sticker on the wall of Goofy. I literally of Goofy making a you know a, a Goofy face, if you will, and I couldn't even walk past it. What was and going dad, on? I dad carrying <laughs> you through that. Like what was going on in my head? That is that is delusional. <laughs> because to me, it's like if a kid is scared of like Spirit Halloween or like things that will move, I think that has more bearing it has it makes more it holds sense water yeah that holds water and I was terrified of spirit Halloween like yeah I remember like not being scared of stuff but then you were so scared of it that I was like shit should I be scared of this like I got like <laughs> secondhand fear like I especially had that with dogs oh yeah Because Audrey was so scared of dogs and I like wasn't. But then Audrey would like have this vibe as if she was about to get like beat down in an alley every time she would see a dog. I had to get anxiety trained to be okay. Yeah, I had to like be okay around dogs. And the point is I was scared of absolutely everything, but not Matilda, shockingly. Okay, so is Matilda worthwhile? Absolutely. I think so. It's so good. Especially the first half is like perfect. Yeah. I think it does have some structural issues uh, in the last quarter, especially. Mm-hmm. But it is a kid's movie and like they do probably want to, they want a happy ending and you're kind of not sure that's going to happen. Like if you, if I was a child watching that, I'd be like, which I was, <laughs> I'd be like... <laughs> Can this get happy? I think that this movie, again, as we said in the first half, the fact that it does not condescend to its audience with the kids is really, really cool. Um, Danny DeVito, I wish he directed more stuff because he was like the perfect director for this project. Yeah, he seems good with kids. So Matilda, great movie. It's hard to shit on it at all, which we normally do because it is so good. That's a good season finale we can be positive (laughs) um and with that season five is complete donezo (laughs) um so as usual as always let us know if there are movies we have not done yet that you really 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 want to see and honestly like Maybe even give us a reason. Like, give us yeah. a reason to do it. Yeah. Because there's tons of movies we haven't covered yet, but we're getting to the point where, like, a lot of the staples we've covered, and now it's more of this, like, we're getting deeper. We're, we're sinking deeper into the genre. Yes. Um, so we might need a reason <laughs> to cover. Yeah, so let us know what movie you want to watch. And again, we really, really would love a review from you, especially now that the season is over. We need that momentum to go into the sixth season. Take us to the moon. <laughs> to, 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 to the moon. That's what we need. 15% off on a phone case. Case defy. Yeah, right, guys. right, right, right. right. Um, the links are everywhere. 
and I am severely enjoying severely enjoying same (laughs) same um yeah 15 sleepover is the code make us look good dolls all we're saying (laughs) um we will not be gone for long because as you know this train never stops but we're taking a little stop just a little oh and in the meantime if you want to keep chatting with us hearing our voices or hearing our voices via text um join our discord (laughs) we have 60 people in it now um which is really cool so please join us and then we can be friends you can basically text us whenever you text it less than three 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 um yeah Okay. The info, as usual. You can find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover dash cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects at tupingpictures.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Sleepover Cinema and post a full video version of each episode on YouTube every Thursday. You can follow me, Audrey, at Audrey and Leach on everything. You can follow me, Hannah, at Hannah Ray Leach on everything. You can check out our merch still on sale, of course, at <laughs> twopinkpictures.com slash shop. We have t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, posters, posters, everything, pens, pens. hats, hats. Shout out to Matt McCroskey, listener for his rocking of the hat. It looks so good. Um, And again, leave a review. I'm not going to beg you anymore. Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman with theme music by Josh Perlman Hall. Our executive producer is Michael D'Aloya. We'll see you next season. Bye. Bye. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.